last year, the last five games, especially the Chiefs game and the Chargers game, where he goes for 154 on just five catches. And then you have the other game. He has three touchdowns in one game. It's just like Brett Rippon also throwing him the ball in the last yeah. quarter. Like it was he's special, man. Every, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. We know what Jared Judy is capable of. And I think um, I think I'll say it one last time on the show. He's going to show Broncos country what he really is like on a different team. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez, on another episode to go over. Not a not an emotional, sad episode, but it kind of is because we're going to be going over, as you guys can tell from the title, Denver Broncos, who might be playing their very last game in the orange and blue uh, this Sunday. Well, it's going to be in the white and blue because they're away in Las Vegas, but you get the point. Um, the Denver Broncos, uh, their very, very last game this Sunday, man. It's sad because... Um, I was, you know, super excited for the playoffs this year. Miu, J Mac all picked the Broncos to go to the, the postseason before the season hasn't gone, uh, gone that way. Broncos dropped a lot of important games this season. Raiders week one, then obviously, uh, the Pats and uh, Texans game was super important down the stretch. The Broncos could not pull it off, but we're still going to be going over, um, Denver Broncos who could be playing in their last game with the team because of maybe they're, they're a pending free agent this offseason or they could be traded. We're going to bring up a, a good amount of players, uh, mainly players that have been playing for the Broncos for at least like three years or so. But, um, Jordan, before we go and jump into this, um, exciting episode, uh, how are you doing, man? Doing good. We only got one more game left for the Broncos, which is pretty sad. Yeah. I know it's been a roller coaster year, but it was still fun to watch them play uh, every week, even though you didn't know what to expect every yeah. week. But this would be the last game until a whole bunch of changes, like a lot, a lot of changes. So it's a sad way to go out, but I mean, the future does look bright, though. Are you expecting like. Um... Not a Rams type rebuild, but are you expecting like a much di- like different looking roster in front office next year? Yeah, and I think it happens as soon that Monday hits. Ooh, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. Make sure you guys are uh, staying tuned on the pod, man. We'll be here to break it all down, and um, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, a lot of people were kind of uh, questioning. Um, you know, whether because I brought up on my story, firing George Payton has to be the first move heading into the offseason. I mean, I think that's an that's an obvious one, right? Like, what has he done right in the last year or so? Like his 2022 draft is horrible. His 2022 free agent class is very questionable. And then this year, it's I mean, let's be honest, it was really all Sean Payton. Like it was kind of just like a the George Payton. I'm not I don't have any close ties. I'm not confirming this, but from everything that I heard from Mike Cliss and everybody, it's it seems like Sean Payton kind of set stepped foot in the front office, stepped foot in the building. As soon as he got hired, they traded for him, put his foot down, and George Payton's kind of just like being his yes man. I don't want to say yes man, but like just kind of giving him the thumbs up, like yeah, that you're you're good to you're good to sign Ben Powers. You're good to just trade up for Marvin Mims. Like, I, I, it kind of feels like that. So I don't know what else credit we can give George Payton and kind of give, there's no really excuses for him is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I think that's the first domino that's going to fall right after the season. I would not be surprised if it happens on that Monday, right after. But that's usually it tends to be more for head coaches more than anything on that Monday, the Black Monday. Um, but yeah, I do expect George Payne to be the first domino to fall. And then you can see everything else kind of lining up as it should be uh, going forward for the rest of the off season. But yeah, 
hundred percent. I think George Payne. This is his last. I don't know if you want to call it last game as a Bronco, but this is his last uh, time as a member of the Broncos uh, GM. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Russell Wilson also will be another, uh, you know, domino to fall. They'll they'll announce yeah. the news, then he'll probably he'll get cut after that uh, post June first uh, de- designation. So it'll be out. George Payne will be out. I'm sure a lot of other like Darren Muji, the assistant GM, he'll be out. A lot of yeah. people, I in my opinion, you just got to get everybody that was a part of that Russell Wilson trade out of here. Like I, I said that earlier in the year, that contract is horrible. Like just please reset. Get George, get Sean Payton, guys. Um, I would love Adam Peters from the Niners, but it's in my opinion, it feels like he's going to bring in someone that he has a, kind of a relationship with, maybe Jeff Ireland or someone. Like, we'll have a whole episode going over GM candidates, yeah. but just kind of a sneak peek there. So let's go jump into uh, the main topic of today's episode. Um, over five Denver Broncos could be playing their probably a lot more than five Denver Broncos could be playing the last game. But who are some of the biggest ones you would say could be playing their last game? with the Broncos this Sunday in week 18. So, I mean, we have to start off with, with my guy, Jerry Judy. This could be possibly his last game as a Bronco. Sucks. Uh, I know I have to come to that realization. I'm hoping during the off season, uh, he can go somewhere that he can actually be utilized correctly. So I'm hoping at one point in the off season, we can both go off our separate ways. I think it's best for everybody involved at this point. Because the fans are never gonna, um, how do I put this? Like they're never gonna go root for him at this point because they they've moved on. They they really have. So, but I know Sean Payne does have, and he does think of him highly, which is what fans should start thinking of him as. But that's a whole other discussion. But I, it's gonna be interesting how that is during the offseason. But at least in my honest and truthful opinion, this might be his last game uh, as with Denver Bronco. So do you are you kind of leaning that way or you because I'm really like half and half. I'm kind of leaning towards him being traded, though. Like, that's not my opinion that I want it to happen. I love Jerry Judy. I mean, he was he was one of my favorite players easily. Um, So me personally, I am kind of leaning that way. I'm starting to get that sense. I'm starting to get the sense that it's not really ever going to work in Denver. I don't know why it just I don't know, even if they do bring in a, if they do keep him on the final year of his 12 million dollar contract for next year. Um, I'm, I don't know. I just get that sense. It's never going to really work with him. Um, but are you kind of leaning that way? Yeah, just because, and, and it's hard because hearing how champagne talks about him makes me lean the other way, making me think, oh, he's probably going to stay because champagne thinks highly of him. But at the same time, you just hear all the, all the stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Judy would wants to get out and I don't blame him at all. Like just a, a fresh start for him would do him well. It's just what's holding me back to actually making like a, a guarantee is the way Champagne talks about him. That's my only hold back on it. I think deep down he wants it too. I think deep down he he doesn't want to really. I don't want to say he doesn't want to be here because like you see the way he that the way he was playing in this uh this last game. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it could be his last game, and it sucks because I remember rooting so hard for the Broncos to take him at fifteen. They do take him. So much expectations. I believe it was his very first touchdown was that Moss against uh, the Giants. Yep. It was it was like man, this is the start of something really special. Like I'm so excited then you see last last year the last five games especially the chiefs game and the chargers game where he goes for 154 on just five catches and then you have the other game he has three touchdowns in one game it's just like brett rippon also throwing him the ball in the last yeah. quarter like it was he's special man i i 
the fans always look back on that Chargers game, and it's it, it's tough, man. And I understand like not everybody's going to be so in depth on this team and like really watch film and everything like that. And I understand, but at the end of the day, every everybody's entitled to their own opinion. We know what Jared Judy is capable of, and I think um, I think I'll say it one last time on the show. He's going to show. Broncos country what he really is like on a different yeah. team as as long as he goes to the right team I swear if he goes to another team where they kind of treat him the same which I kind of fear I I, I really feel bad for like the trajectory of his, his career at that point but all he really needs is just someone who will like make him his first read that's that's it all, that's all there's a lot of teams that could use a Jerry Judy yeah I mean at this point I really have blocked out all what all the fans have been saying like on social media because at this point you just kind of know what like once you already tell like fans are making stuff up about them and stuff like you really just have to ignore them at this point i really care what like the coaches have to say about him and his teammates that this is what i care about the most and what they say about him and what our fans say about him is completely different so you obviously know who to listen to when it comes to that point but again once he goes to a different place and gets a new start hopefully in a, a good team that can actually utilize him correctly and uh, bring out that first-round pick out of him. And, I mean, he was a Balenciakoff Award winner for a reason, and he went to Alabama with Nick Saban for a reason. So, again, people are going to expect him to put up C.D. Lamb numbers and Justin Jefferson-type numbers with only three catches a game, but it is what it is, man. They can think whatever they want about him, but we already know what some of the people in the building and the coaches think about him, so that's all I care about. Could you imagine if we brought in Kirk Cousins and the, what Kirk Cousins would do for Jared Judy? That would be the biggest like comeback story for him. That'd be because you look and it's not even like out of the. It's not like the Bronco. I know Sean Payne wants us to be a run first group, but I feel like he wanted it to be a run first group this year just because we had Russell Wilson. Like, do you ever yeah. think about that? Because I feel like if maybe we had a Kirk Cousins, it would. It the offense really goes around the quarterback. Head coaches know that. Good, smart play callers like Sean Payton knows that. So that's kind of why I feel like it was a run first team and it hasn't worked as of late because teams are starting to figure out what the Broncos want to do and how to play Russell Wilson. Um, then you look this week, the Broncos 32 passing attempts and we, we, we still win even when the run game, you know, was stuttering in the, in the second half. So, I mean, and you look back at with Sean Payton in new Orleans, it's, it's like they did run the ball a good amount, but you look at Drew Brees, uh, 2014 or 2013, 5,000 uh, passing yards. Two, 2012, 5,000 passing yards. 2011, 5,400 passing yards. You look at 2017, uh, 4,300. 4, like, you look at all his stats, dude. It's like insane. I mean, it's Drew Brees. We get it. But, like, it's not like it was just Drew Brees. Like, Sean Payne, the offense he put around him. The, the game plan he like he understands what to do for quarterbacks to get the most out of him and every broncos fan will not admit this but he got the best out of russell wilson i 1000 percent believe he did look at what russell wilson was last year then look at what he was this year this is the time if you want to bring up the stats bring them up because sean payton was the reason he had those stats like i know sean payton wasn't telling him to throw it here and throw it there but there's just so much more into it i I really, I truly do believe that if a Kirk Cousins was here, Jerry Judy would take off. Yeah, I mean, he for what four years in Judy's career, he's had Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, Drew Locke, a bad Russell Wilson. I know I'm missing someone else. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was his best quarterback. 
And I Teddy Bridgewater is about to retire right now. I mean, I mean, Kendall Hinton was his quarterback at one point. <laughs> I I just don't understand like the yeah the parallels here. I mean, it, it's it's obvious. Uh, one quarterback, or excuse me, one receiver has had um, favorable offenses and been switching offensive coordinators every single year, and the other uh, wide receiver has had a lot of stability. So. Other Broncos players that could be playing their final game this Sunday, um, you could talk – let's go to the offensive line. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry and uh, Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles is kind of an emotional one, man, because he has really invested his heart. As many as people want to clown him, he's invested his heart into this organization. At any point, he could have demanded a trade, but he never did. Um, Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee for the Broncos this year, been super important to the community over the years. Um, I remember we had Calvin Anderson on the show, and he kind of talked to me and J-Mac off the air about like how, impor- how important of a friend Garrett Bowles has been. He's nothing but a great person. He's the kind of guy that never does anything wrong. Like he never rubs anybody anybody the wrong way in the locker room. He's just a good guy, man. Like he, and on the field as well. Like that 2020 season, one of the best tackles in football made the All Pro team. Um, this year, at one point, he was considered for an All Pro and Pro Bowl selection. Like he had a good year. As of late, the penalties have been kind of, eh, but like that's kind of every tackle. So. I, th- this could be his last game, just simply because the, with the Broncos, all the dead cap they're gonna have to hit eat with the Russell Wilson uh, release. Um, even if they cut him post June first, they're gonna have to absorb thirty five million dollar uh, dead cap just for this season. The next year it'll be like around fifty million. So, Gare Bowles, he could be one of those uh, guys that is uh, one of the first ones that the Broncos look to part ways, depending on what the new GM wants to do. But I think with uh, Zach Street for offensive line coach, he could replace a Lloyd Cushenberry and a Gare Bowles uh, and get the most out of the next offensive lineman. Um, just because if you move on from Gare Bowles, you're going to be saving $16 million in cap space. So, I mean, if you if you cut them, then if you trade them, you're going to be saving $20 million. So, um, it's kind of one of those where you might just have to I want to say bite the bullet, but you kind of might have to look forward to uh, Alex Palczewski, maybe move, moving Mike McGlinchey over. Who knows, man? There's a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, and I wouldn't – like it wouldn't like hurt me to move on from Bulls, but it is like – it would be like an emotional type thing. But at the end of the day, once we do cut Russ and we have to save some of that – like get some of that money back, I think Garrett Bulls is one of those contracts that we're going to have to move. Unfortunately, it comes down to that point, but it makes the most sense in terms of money and what we're trying to do in the future with our cap and stuff like that. Again, I think you can get someone like Alex Palczewski. Listen, I know we, I know you got me on Palczewski to start off, and I'm a big believer in now in him. So I wouldn't mind seeing him a bit, but at the end of the day, I do think Bulls is one of those guys that Sunday might be his last game. As a Bronco, really, really might be. That's sad because he was the he was like the number one you always saw with Russell Wilson after games. He was the number one, uh, the first guy that always had his arm around him and I'm um, kind of celebrating him after the victory. And not even just Russell Wilson, like he was always in the locker room. You just hear nothing but great things about him. Sucks that it might have to come to this, but um, this is. Thank you, George Payton. Once again, I just have to bring it up. Thank you so much for giving uh, Russell Wilson that contract. Because now you're you're giving. Now we're gonna have to get rid of guys that don't really need to be, uh, you know, gone from the franchise. Yeah. But let's just hope that 
I'm not saying let's hope this, but like let's just hope that we got the most out of Garibalds while we could have, so that we don't really like regret this move. But at the end of the day, man, the Broncos can only invest so much in their O line, and they're already giving Mike McGlinchey, Ben Power, some of the best money in in the entire NFL. And then Quinn Miners, don't forget about Quinn Miners; he's got to get a bag soon. We're not gonna. Yeah. I swear to God, if we let Quinn Miners walk out. I don't know, but Quinn Miner is such a damn good player. Like he's top three guard in the NFL. So I would rather pay him rather than just keep Garrett Bowles as he gets into his late thirties. And uh, also, Lloyd, what is your thoughts on Lloyd Cushenberry? Because the Broncos have Alex Forsyth behind him, who they could get this, they could replicate some of that success out of. And I saw um someone, Brad Spielberger, um on PFF, projected him to get a four-year, fifty-seven million dollar contract extension. I I would definitely pass on that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought him up because I had him on my list. I do think Cushenberry might be playing his last game as a Bronco on Sunday. I know he's had a good year, but again, I think the contract that they've been evaluating him as, like how you just said, on Track and all these places, I think is way too expensive for Cushenberry. And I don't mean that as a disrespect. I mean, I hope he gets his money, but I think we will be better off with a Forsyth uh, under Sean Payton and stuff like that, under a new quarterback, or maybe just get a, a cheaper guy, or maybe we draft another center. Who knows? But I do think going the cheaper option, maybe even at if even if it's going to be like a vet type cheap deal in the free agency, I'd rather do that. But giving Cushberry that much money, I don't think it's going to do us that well, especially with our cap situation. Because again, this all depends on our cap situation with the Russ and all that coming forward in the next uh, future. But, yeah, Cushenberry getting that much money, I don't think so. So that means Sunday might be his last game. Yeah, and as much as I hate to admit it, Luke Wattenberg did play pretty solid when uh, he had to sub <laughs> sub in a couple uh, games this season. Um, and it seems like the staff likes him more than uh, Forsyth, <laughs> uh, just from like the depth chart and everything. Yeah. Um, so maybe he could maybe he could be an option. That honestly, that's my early guess to be the twenty twenty four starting center is uh, um, Luke Wattenberg. Um, another player we could uh, mention is uh, going to the defensive side of the ball now. Um, Josie Jewell, Josie Jewell. Um, have had some conversations with him in the past. He's a really good, he's a really good person. Um, depending on this move, he may or may not be on the show in the future. We'll see about that. Um, I'm hoping he does stay so we could have him on the show. Um, he has been such a good linebacker for this year, for us this year. In my opinion, our best linebacker this year. He has been one of the more consistent uh, backers. He tackles really well. Um, he, he's been one of those guys that hasn't been really a liability at any times. Like I've hardly have like seen myself really criticizing him at all this season. As bad as I don't want to say the linebacker core has been bad, but they've definitely been picked on this year and they've definitely missed a lot more tackles than we would like to see. And Josie Jewell has not been one of those guys. So in my opinion, it's got to be a no brainer brainer to bring him back just because Drew Sanders moving into edge. So at this point, it's like Jonas Griffith. Justin Sernod's also going to be a free agent. We don't know if he'll be back. So it's like, I, in my opinion, bring back Jewel on like a, a short one, like on a not cheap because it's someone's going to pay him a decent amount. But bring him back on like a one year, maybe four million dollar deal, something like that, maybe five million, just something reasonable for both parties. Um, but if the new GM sees a different way of going about this, the Bronco, this might be Josie Jewel's last game. Yeah, he was also another guy on my list that. 
because he was supposed to be traded during the deadline. He was one of those guys being floated yeah. around. So I would not be surprised if he's not back in a Denver uniform. I do think we're going to draft a linebacker as well just to get that linebacker unit just a little bit more younger. But, again, I've appreciated all what Josie Jewel has done for us. Again, I don't think he's been as bad as what other people may seem. Um, but, again, it's going to suck to see him go if he does go. But if we can have, like, a Kareem Jackson-type contract deal with him, I know we've brought back Kareem Jackson, like, I think two years in a row now, with like, on a one-year, four- yeah. to $5 million-type deal. That would be awesome for Josie Jewel. But I do think another team will give him – somewhat of a good contract and he would take that but yeah it, it, it was suck to see this be his last game but it very much can be mike purcell another really good person um done so much for the community i always see him doing like charity work and uh stuff in the community um giving back he could be playing in his last game as well he's turning 33 years old in april um, he has only 22 tackles this season, no sacks, no tackles for loss, but he's been one of those guys that like, and I wrote on, I wrote on him like a few weeks ago. He's kind of an unsung hero. Cause in my, in my, in my opinion, without him, this run defense would just be much worse. Cause DJ Jones has had some sputters this year. Um, other <laughs> defensive linemen, Jonathan Harris have been liabilities like without John, without Mike Purcell, this run defense would not be bouncing back. Like it has in recent weeks. Like after that, uh, that, in that Texans game and afterwards, you kind of see the run defense bouncing back. Um, Mike Purcell has just been like a pillar, not only this year, but in so many years for the Broncos. You you wonder why they keep bringing him back. Um, I know he's been like a restricted uh, free agent, not unrestricted, but he's going to be unrestricted in March. Um, the Broncos could look to get younger on the defensive line. My guess is the new GM is going to completely rebuild that that defensive front, except for the exception of uh, Zach Allen, obviously. And they're going to bring in some uh, new pass rushers, in my opinion. So uh, Mike Purcell, this could be his last game. He's not someone that a lot of people talk about just because he doesn't get all the stats everybody loves to see. But he's been one of those pillars, in my opinion. Yeah. On my list, I had Mike Purcell or DJ Jones. I think it's a toss-up between those two. I would like for DJ Jones to stay just because I'm a big believer in him and what he can do. But the more and more I think about it, it might be Purcell leaving more than DJ Jones just because, I mean, it just makes more sense in my opinion. It does suck to see Mike Purcell leave if he does just because he's been one of those guys in the locker room that's always been there. He seems like a good locker room guy and just a good guy in general. But, again – Things have to – we have to move on to from certain players just because of that contract that George Payne locked Russ into. It, it's unfortunate. I would love for Purcell to say. I don't think he would take a cheap deal, a team-friendly deal. I really don't. I don't know if you think that. But at the end of the day, I think this actually might be his last game as a Bronco. I think he could. I think he would, actually, just because he's, thir- he's turning 33 – um, he's had some issues with injuries. I don't, I don't see his market really being too much like that. Just because recent years as well, like his salary has not been that very high at all. Like just over one, maybe two, two million. Like that, that's really all it's taken for him. And he's only getting older, so I could see him coming back for cheap. Um, you bring up DJ Jones. That's interesting because he's making ten million. He's on a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. It's going to be his final year of his contract this upcoming season. That could be one that they decides to just move on in my opinion he's so he's a lot better than uh mike purcell no offense to mike purcell but i feel like 
run defense, he could definitely improve, and I expect to bounce back this upcoming season just because I feel like they're going to put more pieces around him. Um, so I think that'll that'll help definitely help him out a lot just because our pat our edge rushers haven't done the most the the best job set, setting the edge and stopping the run. Um, so I'm expecting a bounce back from him, but that could be one of those moves where. I we brought it up before the deadline where we thought the Broncos were going to do a fire sale. You couldn't save ten million in cap by moving on yeah. from him, so um, that could be a, definitely one to um, watch out for. So bring on Mike Purcell, Josie Jewell, Lloyd Cushenberry. Is there anybody else that could be uh, playing their last game? I mean, Riley Dixon. He's on a one year deal. He could be playing his last game. This is his is only his first season back since returning the Broncos, so not as significant as as one. But um, I like the way he played on a Sunday. Um, against the chargers but is there any ones any other ones that we can mention man i mean i don't know if it's gonna shock a lot of people but i don't think demario math is gonna be on the team next year that is true because of his performance to start the season and stuff like that someone that i do want to mention on the offensive side of the ball i don't i i mean obviously people have their opinions on their on players and stuff like that but what do we do with greg dulcich but what like, what do we do with him? I love, like, when he's healthy, I think he can be really good. But the problem is him being healthy. Yeah. I personally would like to see the Broncos shop him this offseason. And I think the new GM will want to do that, too. I It's just at this point, like, it's a business at the end of the day. It's a production-based business. And the number one ability is availability. And he hasn't had that. So, it's at this point. I think that whole tight end room, except for Manhurts, might look different next year. We'll see about Atkins, but I think Trotman's definitely going to be gone. He's been close to nothing in the passing game. Has been yeah. no factor at all. Um, Mannerts has been uh, pretty good in run blocking, so we'll keep him. He's on, he's on a two-year deal. Um, they're paying him like $4 million annually. So um, I think that that tight end room is going to look a lot different, and I think if they can't find a trade partner, they'll just, they'll just straight up cut Greg Dulcich after camp or something like that. I don't think it'll be during March or April, but I think they're going to let him stay around camp if they don't trade him, and then if he doesn't, maybe some injury comes up or he doesn't play as good, I think they'll cut him. Yeah, I mean, I do think the only players you can really think of staying in that tight end room is Lucas Kroll and Manhurts. I do think we're going to be actually looking for someone else in the tight end room, but yeah, I, I that dosage situation is going to be tricky. Again, that's another player that Champagne likes alongside Judy, so we don't know what's going to happen with those two. And I don't, I don't want to bring up this player just to stir the pot. But if you were to take everything that Twitter says it is for granted or as real, I mean, Better not be. Listen, I won't because I know what he brings and I know the truth of it. But again, I don't know why he's catching flack or slack, I should say, alongside Judy and all these other guys. But I hope it's not Javante Williams' last game as a Bronco. It look, it could be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest. It could be, but just like why though? If you look at his his last year of his contract, that he was coming off of ACL this year. Like in my opinion, I think I think they'll give him the final year of his contract to figure things out and try to. Because I'm not gonna sit here and act like he, he's been completely perfect. He he hasn't been. Jalil McLaughlin has been better at, at you know as of the last two weeks he's been better than Javante. But at the end of the day. He hasn't had the best blocking in front of him. I see people talking about he he faces the least amount of stack boxes in the NFL. Not as not as the last four weeks, buddy. No, he hasn't. 
he's been not- a lot. He's actually faced a lot of stack boxes as of recently. It almost feels like when Javante's out there, they know that they're running the ball. Like you, you watch tape, and if Jerry Judy is not on the field, little Jordan Humphrey's on the field, and you see Javante on the field, nine times out of ten, the Broncos are either running it or they're throwing it to Javante. Like that, it just feels like it's it, it's that way. And so the run has been extremely predictable when Javante's out there, in my opinion. He's not as, as fast as Jalil McLaughlin, so that obviously puts him a little bit behind him. Um, I, I just feel like the, the criticism with him has been re- really unfair. His vision could be better, but, I mean, you bring up so many plays. I, I know I saw Robbie uh, bringing up some plays from the last game on Twitter, and he, he made some good plays, but we're not going to talk about that at all because he's averaging uh, south of three yards per carry. So it is what it is, man. I think for anybody who thinks Javante is gone this season, I, I I don't think so, really. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, these were the same people that were not high on any of our wide receivers. And then once Cortland Sutton started making plays, they're like, oh, now let's keep Cortland Sutton. So at this point, it's just whoever's playing good at the time, everyone loves them. And then whoever's playing inconsistent, they hate them. And then they can easily flip-flop. So... That's why I can't really take anything serious on social media no more because everyone's just flip-flopping everywhere. And it, like listening to like former executives and players talk and how they view the game and then going to Twitter right after the game and seeing how they talk, I mean, the, the discrepancy is just wild. Yeah. That's why it, it's just hard. But again, I don't think it's Javante's last game. I really don't. If it were up to me, it wouldn't be his last game. It wouldn't be Judy's last game. But that's me. I know what our weapons can do if they were given the ball. They've shown that. But at the end of the day, we're not the ones making the decision. It would actually be a new GM at this point. But also, Champagne's going to have a lot of influence as well. And he already, we already know that he talks glowingly about some of the players that we've mentioned on this episode. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Sunday is a very, very good possibility that a lot of Broncos are playing the last game. Yeah. Um, great outro there. I think the NFL is such a results-based business and especially with the Broncos, when the Broncos aren't winning, you see, you know, you notice how when the Broncos are winning, nobody's on Javante, even if he's not having that great of a game, but as soon, even if he's getting only like 50, 60 yards, oh, well, but the Broncos won, who cares? And you guys don't keep that same energy, but then when the Broncos lose, everybody comes after Judy and Javante. It's just that that's how, that's how the NFL is. You just kind of kind of expect it, especially with a lot of the uh, fan base. But with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're listening on YouTube, please hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Happy New Year, everybody. It's our first episode of 2024. Um, here's to a lot more episodes, plenty more to come, a lot of stuff to go over this offseason. So please make sure you turn notifications on so you're always here, the first, uh, one of the first people here to the Broncos Avenue podcast. We're going to be going over uh, just kind of a sneak peek for this offseason. GM candidates that could be replacing George Payton, um, a quarterback candidates that could be replacing Russell Wilson, going over a lot of draft, a lot of draft, a lot more than we yes. did last year, yes. a lot more than we did last year. We're going to be going quarterbacks, running. I, I know we have our running backs on our roster, but running backs, wide receivers, especially tight end, offensive line, defense, like literally every position except for yep. kicker. 
I mean, that actually, actually, Will Lutz is a free agent. So, hey, man, we, we don't know what they're going to do with that. So, uh, obviously, I would love to bring him back. But um, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys show support over there as well. Leave a five-star rating. Super important to us. Um, but with that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrow, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. To the next one. Peace out, everybody. Peace.